Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello friends, it's me Rachel of Mic Drop Miniatures and thanks for tuning in for another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. So it feels really good to be back in the studio creating another podcast for you and that's because I took a vacation. Yes, an actual adult vacation and it was amazing. It's been about seven years since we've been anywhere together so my husband and I enjoyed it very much. We went to Mexico with two other couples and the weather was beautiful. I went from like 10 degrees to 85 every day, sunny. The beaches were amazing and the food was glorious. I don't know if you've ever been to a resort, but the food, there's so much food. <laughs> so I'm just happy to be home though. And on a sad note, our trip, so I was supposed to go from Vegas right from Mexico to Vegas for the miniature show. And long story short, one of our flights back was canceled. So I missed my flight to Vegas and I'm still really, really sad about it. Um, they did put us up in a five-star resort for the night in Mexico. So it was hard to be mad because I was like in paradise. However, I'm still really, really sad I missed the show. So with that said, if anyone here is listening and you went to the miniature show out in Vegas this last weekend, um, February 2023, I would love to talk to you. Maybe we could do an episode together here for a podcast and you could tell me all about your experience because I'm really sad I didn't get to go. So I'm hoping next year for sure that I will be there. But I'm still planning to go to the Tom Bishop show in April. And then I also have on my radar maybe the name convention. I'm curious if anyone's ever been there. You can tell me all about it. So those are a few things that I'm really looking forward to. Another thing I was really looking forward to was this conversation with Sean. So I love social media for the fact that I get to meet so many amazing people and Sean being one of them. So I feel like I know her so well, even though we've never met face to face. And we both have goals of maybe someday, maybe this year, who knows, of actually meeting in person. And hopefully it's at a miniature show because, well, it's something we are both passionate about. But I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I love her story of why she created some of the miniatures that she did and the story behind her new book club. It's just so much fun. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. And as always, please reach out to me. I can be found at Mike Drop Miniatures on Facebook and Instagram. And I can also be reached at Rachel at MikeDropMiniatures.com. So thanks for tuning in and I hope to hear from you soon. 
thank you for taking time and meeting with me. It's nice to see your face. I know. It's good to see you too. I know. I feel like we've been chatting. We chat more, you know, messenger. So it's nice to actually see your face. And mm-hmm. So how is everything in Ohio? Uh, it's very cold <laughs> right now. It's like 14 degrees or something. And it's oh. just gray. I got you beat. I think it was one today. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very cold here. I hate this. Yeah, I actually so went to the, time. I know I went to the eye doctor today and she said my eyes are very dry it's the you know the climate we live in I'm like so you're telling me I should move uh-huh. <laughs> I keep asking my husband like why do we live here again it's so cold oh it's so cold but I'm curious to know what is like the miniature world in Ohio can you I was just thinking that when I was like Ohio is there any like local clubs no there's really not um I mean there's some shops but they're not like anywhere like near me there's like a couple like little pockets um and like I've found them over the years but they're 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 kind of a ways and so I can't like get to them easily so or like often um I know there's like a couple of shows there's like one in Cleveland and one in Columbus Um, last year I wanted to go to the one in Cleveland because it was like my birthday week, but then I had COVID. So, you know, Cleveland. I wonder if that's the one my friend Teresa runs. I think it is. TNT miniatures. Yeah, I think so. And then the one in Columbus was like right before Thanksgiving this year. And we went to Daytona. So yeah. Someday we will meet at a show. We've been I talking know. about this, like Chicago, or I really wanted you to come to Vegas with me, but I know. I wish I could have made that happen. I really want the Dallas show would be fun to check out, or the um, San Jose show. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, the Chicago one falls on my son's birthday every year so I'm like that like doesn't really work out for me which stinks but that's like I would really like to do like the Philadelphia oh yes that one too yes yeah Yeah, well Chicago you could always take him down and then do like the shed aquarium and all that fun stuff when he's older yeah that could be fun make like a family outing of it (laughs) so tell us a little bit for those that um want to know more about you how did you get started in miniatures and just tell us who are you and we all want to know. Yeah. Um, so probably from the time I was a miniature myself, um, I started like, you know, always kind of gravitating towards miniatures. Um, I had two really best friends that lived next door to me when I was a kid and we played like obsessively with dolls and Barbies and, and we never really like, it was never about like the playing with the dolls. It was always the setting up of the scenes. Um, and so we would, you know, they had this giant like toy room. They had, um, two bedrooms. It was a set of sisters and they had two rooms. And so the one room, they just always converted into like a, um, playroom. And we, it was just always devoted to like our little Barbie land. And, um, from there, as we kind of got older and it was like, not cool to tell people you played with Barbie anymore we got very interested in dollhouses. So about the time that I was 13, I had asked my um, grandparents, my grandfather, who was a carpenter and a contractor for um, a dollhouse for Christmas. 
And at the time he was working um, like in the South, like Carolinas and Georgia and stuff, building farm wars. The, it was a, like a superstore in the eighties and nineties before it, it blew up and, you know, they're defunct now, but um, he would, every Sunday night, he would go back to wherever it was he was living and he would work all week on this dollhouse in his hotel room. And he would have architects come by and some of the other contractors come by to look at it. And he built me the Duracraft Victorian mansion for Christmas that year. And when he completed it, he boxed it up and he drove it home on the roof of his car, this <laughs> giant box. And he showed up at our house one day with this giant wooden box. And, you know, he just, he stored it in the basement. He said, I got some stuff I got to store in your basement. And my mom acted annoyed and I didn't think anything of it. Um, Christmas morning, I didn't get a dollhouse and I was very distraught. Um trying to hide it, of course, because I didn't want to be bratty. Um, but he said to me, he says, well, I got some papers and stuff in the basement, you know, some craft materials. Maybe you'll want to see it. And I come downstairs and he's uncreating this massive, you know, it's like 13 room dollhouse. Um, and that dollhouse has been kind of my touchstone since I was 13 then. Um, so you still have it. I do. Yes. Um, so I worked on it for many years then. And obviously my skill level at 13 was not great. And I wallpapered it and I would pour through, there was a, a catalog when I was a kid called Rose's Dollhouse. Mm -hmm. It was very Victorian and frilly. And every year, um, both sets of grandparents would allow me to pick things out at Christmas time. And that's probably till I graduated high school, what I got for Christmas every year was, you know, furniture for this dollhouse. And then I went to college and um, in my mid twenties, I decided I was going to move out and my grandfather, he created it back up and I stored it in my mom's basement um, where my bedroom was. And probably about a year and a half later, my mom had a massive flood in her basement and this dollhouse went through the flood. Um, we, started to clean things up and I uncrated it and it was, you know, starting, it was starting to warp and there was mold and, but he had placed a letter inside of this, inside of the crated up dollhouse saying that if I was opening it, he was probably gone. And he had hoped that I was opening it for my own daughter and how much joy it brought him to see me love this house. And he was still living. Um, so I'm sobbing and my stepdad comes downstairs and said, what's the matter? It's just, you know, we'll fix it. And I give him the letter and he starts sobbing. And my mom's like, what's wrong with you too? We'll fix whatever's the matter. And we give her the letter and she's sobbing. Um, mm -hmm. in the end, my grandfather was able to save the house. He took it off the foundation, built a new foundation. We scrubbed, we cleaned. Um, I did lose a lot of the furniture and, and tiny things that I collected over the years, but I still have some of it. Um, after that, I moved it to my apartment um, and started to play with it and fiddle with it again. But it wasn't until my husband and I moved into our house and I built like a craft, like a, a studio um, that I started to really kind of, uh, kind of renovate it. And that's been in, in fits and starts because then I had, you know, kids and, toddlers don't let you do anything so <laughs> life goes on hold yeah That's such a like labor of love that house you made me tear up it's so 
Yeah. Awesome. And it was just such a nice way to like connect with him. He passed away two years ago, um, upcoming in May. Um, but I would, as I was working on things, I would text my grandma and say, Hey, show, show Papa this, you know? And he would always tell me it was like, I was building like the model home that he would have built in a development somewhere, you know, the showcase piece Mm -hmm. that we'd show off to prospective buyers when they were looking to get into that development. So it just, it was a, a way for us to always connect and bond and he would teach me different things. Um, and I feel like it still keeps me like connected to him kind of across worlds now. I want that house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish my grandpa would have built me that house. That's so cool. And when you, when you said he had it in a box on top of his car, all I could think of is dang, what glue did he use? Because I just did <laughs> a blog on glue and I can just see this house being demolished, but he must have built it well. He did everything he did. He built well. And he laughed. He always tells the story about pulling out of, you know, the hotel parking lot with his hand on the side of the roof. And he's like, what am I doing? It's not like I can hold this thing to the roof for 14 hours while I drive home. (laughs) You know, it was just kind of like, all right, it's, you know, I bungeed it down. Hopefully it sticks. So you have a miniature business. Is that where you got the name for the business? Yes. So 528 Williams Way, um, I named the house for him. So May 28th was his birthday and his name was William. Okay. Well, that's so cool. Yeah. So I'm like, she wouldn't use a real address though. That's so cool. That's meaning. And so did you, do you still obviously decorate it and do things or is it the way it is, is the way it's going to stay now? Oh, it's still in progress. Um, I, yeah, I, I have, some of the rooms are done. Some of them are, you know, just kind of a mess, you know, how everybody does, you know, when you're working on one room, um, Mm -hmm. the other rooms become storage. Yeah. And then you move on to another project and yes. Yes. Yeah. A lot of what I, the problem is, is that it's downstairs and my kids are generally upstairs. So like when I work on things, I like to be like where they are and like to be around them and have them kind of be part of it. They, they each have their own little doll houses that I got from Michael's. Um, and so they're always like scavenging things from me <laughs> as I'm making stuff. Um, so I don't work as much, um, like inside that house. I kind of got like caught up on, I was trying to put crown, crown molding up when he got sick. And he was trying to explain to me how to cut it. And he, he passed away before I could figure it out. And now it's, I kind of have like a block on it, I think. So at some point I need to get back to, to finish that so that I can finish up the living room of that. And then I want to tackle, I have an art studio in the house that I want to work on next and kind of get the master, you know, the bathroom and there's a lot that needs done. (laughs) Yeah. So like, was he using like hand tools or like, like I'm saying like a little saw or was he using electric tools to like cut all the wood, do you know, like for the crown molding? Um, oh, I, I was putting the crown molding in and so I was using a hand hand. Okay. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out, I don't understand angles the way that he did. The man could look at something and things were all angles and he could size up a, a board and he could cut it without measuring, you know? And me, I'm like, I went through like 16 pieces of crown molding because I kept <laughs> cutting the angle in the wrong direction. So 
You're not alone. I'm the same. I'm trying to think of the tool that I use that helps you with angles. I'll have to post a link or something. I don't know the, maybe you know what I mean. It kind of has like a, it fans out and then. Yeah, it's... I have one of those. Okay. That doesn't help either. Oh, it's right here on the table. Yeah. I have no idea what those are. Okay. Yeah. What is that called? I don't know. Just I don't know. A fancy cutter thingy. Yeah. I don't know. And you can use that for flat, but when you're doing like actual like crown cove molding, yeah, I you have to cut it with a miter saw and like in a miter box and it, yeah. you have to turn it. There's something with flipping it upside down and. Well, good luck. You have to have it the other way, and I haven't figured it out. I'm gonna have, my husband will have to help me. So your boys, I did want to ask, they're into miniatures then, or is it nah, not really? Mom's doing it. We're gonna do it. Um. So my oldest is gonna be nine, and you know, for the last few years, he was very much in it, and he has kind of a big house from Michaels, and they're not great quality but you know it for for boys it's Mm -hmm. pretty great because they're not gonna be delicate with things um but he's always snagging things and he's got like decorated like you know some of the rooms are in camo and you know so it's that's cool yeah it's more or less that they just kind of like to like set up scenes and like we did that I your story reminded me much of my own because I didn't like Barbies for the dolls it was setting up the dream house and then knocking it over and doing it all over again. So do you have dolls now in your scenes? I only have, well, I have several dolls, but I don't generally put them in. I only really only have one that I ever use and it's the girl of the house. Um, And her name's Lucy. And she was my imaginary friend when I was a kid. (laughs) And when I went off to school, my mom was like, you can't have an imaginary friend. And so I came home from like preschool or whatever one day. And she says, Lucy's run off to Switzerland <laughs> and she left a note and, you know, na 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 go make real friends. Um, you still so, talk to Lucy, don't you? I know. I, I do. She moved back <laughs> home. She moved oh, back awesome. to 528 Williams Way. She, she did came not. Back a like few years her. ago. And she's like, na 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 mom. <laughs> um, yeah. So her room is all set up, you know, there's, you know, pictures from her journeys through Switzerland and um, the time that she spent there. That's so cool. I love that you bring so much of your personal life into your miniature creations. That's so awesome. So my next question, I want to talk about this project that you did for the, not forbidden, uh, banned books. Yes. Let's talk about that project. So how did that get started? And maybe explain to people what the banned books project that you did because it was so amazing yeah so about this time last year um I started seeing a lot of things popping up on Facebook about like books that have been banned and you know this idea of silencing you know ideas and voices and I work full-time as a therapist and I just see how damaging it is for people to be unseen and unheard and to feel like they're not getting the resources that they need. And so, I don't know, it just really stuck in my craw that there are, you know, so many places that want to ban books, ban the ideas that, you know, specifically for kids, you know, and not give them the characters and the stories that they might identify with instead of sitting down and saying to a child, like, listen, I might not agree with these on a, you know, morals or value standpoint, but 
these are ideas and let's talk mm -hmm. about them. Instead, you know, there's this whole idea of just wholesale banning it. And so now we don't have to address it or talk about it or think about it. Um, so that just really bothered me. And it just, I was like, a lot of these books opened up whole worlds for me. Um, Can you name a few? I know you said Charlotte's Web at one time. You had that. Yeah, Charlotte's Web was on there. The, the one that really hit me the hardest was The Color Purple. And it was a book that I read when I was like 12 or 13. And it just opened my eyes to not only like diversity, but domestic violence and sexual assault and all these things that happen that I didn't know about. Um, and that I probably, you know, as, as a woman needed to know about that mm -hmm. there were yeah, there was, you're going to like shelter people and they're, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. Or are they going to ban the movies too? Like uh, there's yeah. movies and all these. Uh, right. Um, so when I started to think about it, I'm like, maybe kind of need to do like a little like book nook. And then I started to kind of research it and there's the ALA, which is the, I think it's the American Library Association and they fight for equality and those kinds of things in terms of keeping books on shelves. Um, if you follow them on Instagram, they talk about, you know, different states and the, the fights to ban certain things that go on just routinely. Um, and there's just been such an uptick in the last like three or four years, you know, with different states to try and get these books out of libraries for children. Um, so I just, I started to look at it and they have been kind of tracking it since the nineties. And so there are the top hundred list of most challenged and banned books from the nineties from 2000 and 2010 and now like currently there, you know, the, the tracking. And then I started to look and I was able to find kind of like the top hundred from pre nineties. So, you know, different books that were more challenged and banned then. So like Judy Bloom had like five different books that were like routinely banned, like especially pre nineties, you know, I'm like, I grew up on Judy Bloom. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so how many books did you make for your book nook? So I did a hundred of the top pre-90 and okay. then 90, 2000, 2010. So that's what, 400. And then there was about 35 extra that I put into that pre-90s because I had found them on other lists and they kind of went back to like, even like kind of settling our country. Like there were some books that went back to like um, those very early years. Um, and then I have like, I think maybe 10 or 15 that have been more um, controversial in the last like three years. So there's about 435. Oh my gosh. So your books you were a featured artist in my december subscription box and we'll talk about your newest thing here your um, book club which is so exciting but they're very detailed now all 400 and books that you put in this book nook are they all that detailed where i can open yes. it every single one it? is legible 
Oh um, my gosh. So that's why it took me, um, it took me about 10 months to make all of the books. Yeah. So I went through and I wanted to make sure that there were quotations from the books or if there were pictures or things that I could find that were part of that. Um, I wanted it to be meaningful. I wanted it to be that if you, you know, for some reason, these books are completely banned and out of existence, that there's some tiny footprint that's still left of those mm-hmm. words. So you scan them all in. Was it hard or scan some in to create the pages? Was it hard to find the books then? Um, finding not necessarily. The- um, no. I was able to find different resources. And so like the, the quotes, I would like find like quotes that were on um, different websites or some of the books I had myself. Um, you know, the color purple, I just picked out my copy from my bookcase and I just went through and I picked some of the ones that I had highlighted over the years as my favorite quote. What a cool project. And you mentioned the Library Association. I don't know the the correct term, but did you reach out to them and show them this book nook? Um, I have not, but I do have a friend in my local public library who um, is aware of the project and she wanted to feature it in the library last September, uh, but they were in the midst of remodeling the whole thing. Um, and I wasn't quite finished yet either because it just took so long. Um, so I'm going to have it done so that it could be um, out for view in the yeah. library next next September when they have banned books month. I can just see it like a traveling thing or, oh my gosh, I know it's sentimental and close to you, but just so just to share it with the world that it's such a cool project. Thank you. I, it, and it got me very interested in, I don't know, like making books has just been really fun. Um, kind of creating my own books. Um, so that they're not just, you know, other people's works. If there are things that like I would want in my dollhouse or, um, you know, in a scene specifically, I've just kind of created it you know, I made like a book on reading runes for Halloween with a little tiny set of runes. Um, and so just, it's just fun to kind of create my own then. Yeah. So that's how then your new book club probably came to light is you started creating these books and how did that all come to light your new book club? Um, I, it was pretty much it. I just kind of fell in love with the process of making books. Um, And I know that they can be an easy thing to make for a dollhouse, um, you know, in different ways, if, you know, if legibility or that kind of a thing isn't important, but um, I just, I I really liked the process of making them. And I think that people appreciate opening up a book and seeing that there are actually words and pictures and that it's legible and that it's just more realistic. Um, so I kind of, you know, as I, I, I got to the end of, the, you know, creating the, the titles for the band Book Nook, I thought, wow, it might be fun to do kind of a book club um, where people could subscribe and we could, you know, I could send them a book or whatever each month. Um, a miniature one, yes. Yeah, so. And so um, you're I, calling it Get Lit. Yes. And so when I first saw your logo, which I love, by the way, it's got like a book with a martini in it. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, gosh, yes, a book club 
where maybe we'll have Zoom meetings, like my mind was going crazy, and we'll just all get lit if you want and go over these little books. So kind of tell me your the story behind Get Lit and is that a possibility? Because <laughs> that would be cool. I would totally love that as a possibility. <laughs> yeah. So because my band book knock is a speakeasy, like yeah. it's this idea that there's kind of an upstairs and there's a downstairs and the downstairs is going to look more like a bar so that if, you know, the book police busted in there, you know, you could put up some <laughs> fake walls around the book cases and it's just a bar we're just we're just yeah. drinking you that's know behind the wall that's the because that seems more acceptable sometimes I think you know in our society mm-hmm. um and then there's an upstairs that's got you know just bookcase after bookcase of books um and it's broken up by those different you know years and you in fact helped me with the mm-hmm. bookends so that they're cut so that, you know, it's divided by the nineties and the two thousands and that kind of a thing to keep it orderly. Um, yeah, that's when I just got my laser cutter and you're like, can you help me cut real small? I'm like, mm, you can try. <laughs> so that was like the first you thing came I, through. <laughs> I cut on my laser. I was a little like, I don't know how this is going to work, but yeah. So it was a fun project. So tell everyone you got three tiers and just tell us all about this book club. Cause I know that your cart is open till February 10th. So I'm going to have yes. to get this podcast out before then, but yeah, tell everyone about this book club. So the way I'm running the book club is that um, I'm going to open it up the first of the month and it, you know, subscriptions will go until the 10th and then I will have everything shipped out by the 15th. Though like last month I had, you know, some of them that came in early, I had shipped out before the fifth, you know, before the cart closed. Um, And there are three tiers. The first tier is one book, which is $5. You can get tier two, which is um, two books for $9 or tier three, which is $15. And that gets you both of the books plus a coordinating miniature. Mm-hmm. So for January, what I did was tier one was a book kind of celebrating New Year's and the idea of New Year, New Me. Um, and it was a book on goal setting and using SMART goals. And there were worksheets in there on how to break the SMART goals down and, um, you know, into weekly and yearly kind of goals. So you could track progress. And I just thought it was kind of fun. I, I always like those kind of books. I um, used it. Yeah. Um, And then the second one was a cheese of the world book to celebrate National Cheese Lovers Day, which was January 20th. And so it was kind of like a coffee table style book. um, And it had um, full color like pictures of different cheeses from different countries in the world and information about those cheese um, and, you know, kind of what made them unique to that country. And so you are designing these books. Yes. So those ones, um, I had people, which I thought was such a great compliment say, I want to look them up on Amazon now and get the full sized book. And I'm like, Oh, honey, those don't exist. Um, I wrote them. So, um, I thought that was fun. Um, this month, don't want to give away what books I'm going to do, but one is a classic. So it's going to be a book that everybody, you know, knows and may have read um, and that they might really want in their collection. So, and then the second one will be one that I have designed around one of the holidays in February. So, so but when you say a subscription, 
one will have to go on to your Etsy shop and order it every month. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I will put out kind of a, you know, marketing um, spread, you know, at the beginning of the month leading up to it and just kind of reminders. Um, I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, and I have a shop on Etsy. Some people have just gone through PayPal to go through and subscribe. Um, and some people have just gone through my card on Etsy. Either okay. way. All right. And then we're going to do those those Zoom meetings later and just uh, yes. get so lit. We wanted to do all these different <laughs> things. And then I launched it and then I promptly got pneumonia. So <laughs> I've been yeah. trying to heal this stupid, you know, my stupid lungs since Christmas. Um, I'm just now starting to feel better. My second round of antibiotic and like third round of steroids. So hopefully I am getting back on my feet and then I can start to add some of those fun things, but I would totally love to have little zoom meetings where people who have subscribed can like hop on and talk about, you know, maybe what they've learned or, you know, just have a glass of wine and we can chat and kind of build that community a little more um, personal. Yeah. And you're all like-minded people who love miniatures. I, I, that's always fun, you know, to mm -hmm. meet other miniature people, because sometimes when you meet someone, they're like, you do what? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I play I, with little things. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I always feel like a little like awkward about saying that that's what I do, but I have never had anybody like look at me weirdly. They're always so intrigued and they like very much want to know more and they want to like, well, show me something that you make, you know? Um, I think a lot of times people think that it's all like Victorian and frilly stuff. And mm -hmm. I own not a single lace parasol in my collection. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I had a lot of that frilly stuff when I was a kid, but like I said, it washed away in the flood and I, I didn't go back to that. Yeah. I like more modern. I like um, things that I would have on my Pinterest page for my house, but you know, my kids would promptly destroy or I don't have the money for a $10,000 dining room table. So it's, I, yeah, miniature. I feel like there's such a, a wide range of miniatures, you know, price wise, you DIY to, yeah, like you said, $10,000 for a table. So I think there's something for everyone. I love when people like they'll come over and they'll see my miniatures and like, so people actually buy that. Like, yeah. It's a real thing. Like they mm -hmm. just, their minds like blown, like, okay. Like adults are buying that. Yes. It's, it's a real thing. Yes. It's all adults buying it. In fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think your book club sounds amazing. I wish you the best success in it Thank and you. make sure I'll put it all in the notes, but tell everyone here what your, handle is maybe on Instagram and Facebook. And then your, do you know your Etsy shop link offhand? Yes, I do. So my Etsy shop is going to be 528 Williams way and there's no spaces. So it's all run together. Um, and my Instagram is Shawnee of 528 Williams way. So it's S H A U N E E of 528 Williams way. And then on um, Facebook, it's just, I have my personal page, but I do go to, um, for the love of miniatures, which is like a buy, sell trade. Um, it's all miniature items and people sell 
handmade and they sell, you know, lots that they find. Um, some of them are, are, are stores and vendors and that kind of a thing. Um, so it's but, a group. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so it's a closed group that you can find on Facebook that I do sell from. Kind of uh, when you were saying your Instagram too, didn't something happen with your Instagram? You got like hacked. A yeah. Um, my yeah. previous one, um, I got hacked. It was basically like another girl in the community had reached out, you know, by DM and said she needed help. And um, she said that she would send me a link and I'm like, I'm not going to like click on any links. And it ended up like coming to me by a text and I just, it said to screenshot it to her. And yeah, I, I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what's going on here. It was a very weird scenario. And I got my, my account got hacked. That's so weird. So you screenshotted it, sent it back and oh, that stuff always, I don't know. Yeah. So Sorry. now I don't like, I ain't helping nobody. If you send me a DM, <laughs> you need help with something that's not like, Hey, how do I do this thing? Yeah. yeah. Don't ask me how to help you with your account. So is your other old account still there? Like you can it see is. Um, and it still has your photos nerd, Um, and it's still there and they haven't done anything with it. I know some people like theirs have been taken over and all of a sudden, you know, they were posting things about how to become financially, you know, stable. It's so scary because then it still looks like it's coming from you. Yes. Somebody else had said that her personal account had got taken over and, you know, like it was spamming everybody with like obscene photos and she was horrified. So, um, that is, it's sad. So I'm glad you have a new page up. It's doing well. And yeah. So thank you again for joining me today. It was nice to see you. I know. It's nice to see you too. Should do this more often. Yes. Well, thank you and stay warm. And I hope you get feeling better. Yeah. Thank you. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.